Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Dupoff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. We are going to talk this week about the uh, big split between William and Kate and Harry and Meghan's households. Um, But most importantly, uh, how that split involves an unexpected battle royale between two separate gardens, which doesn't doesn't sound explosive, I know, but I I promise you it will deliver when we talk about it. Battle Royale. Have we ever used that term on this podcast? I love it. What a tease. But I love that I love that when we are using Battle Royale, it's about two royal gardens duking it out. Very on brand for us. Yes. We also have reports about Megan's second baby shower, and we received an incredible tip about Megan's thwarted Oscar plans. We are also going to be discussing how Kate and the Queen shared a blanket today, which I don't know if I've ever shared a blanket with anyone. Have you, Josh? No, not since I I was a young tyke, I believe. (laughs) I mean, I feel like sharing a blanket's pretty intimate, especially in a vehicle. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm very excited to dig into that as well. Um, Also, very, I mean, well, well, we have a lot to say, I'm sure, about the blanket sharing situation, but like... Couldn't they have just turned down the AC? Like, what? why was the blanket necessary in the car? But first, let's talk about the gardens. Okay, so the we, we knew it was coming for a few weeks. We've definitely talked about it before on the podcast a bunch, but uh, they finally made it official last week. I think maybe the day after Julie and I recorded, uh, it came down like a very official statement from the palace that Harry and Meghan uh, will be having a separate... I, when they use household, they mean like a separate entity, like office. It's like kind of funny though. That that's the word that they use for this. It's very misleading, right? Yeah, it makes it sound like they're like going to be, you know, like a living room and kitchen, like set up somewhere, like in a nice one bedroom. Um, but okay, so anyways, it's happening later this spring, presumably after they have their kid, um, and it's going to involve a separate communication staff and office for the couple. But interestingly, and this is uh, sort of the telltale point here it's going to be based out of buckingham palace under the queen's jurisdiction so even though they're breaking free from like being connected to william and kate and that's going to be completely separate for the two brothers they're now sort of like under the queen's jurisdiction which like kind of surprised me a little um and so vanity fair reached out to the palace about social media because as we all know and so many of you guys follow i'm probably at this point it's like i think they're up to like seven million followers on instagram uh for the kensington royal instagram account which is kate william harry and megan but when the household split the palace has said the social media will split as well so if you want to follow what harry and megan are up to you're going to have to follow the royal family feed that Julie is run by the Queen's office. So it's not going to be just Harry and Meghan. You're going to get sort of all the Queen's updates, what the Queen gets up to, other royal events, and Harry and Meghan's stuff is going to be just kind of in that pot. Isn't that kind of bizarre? 
That's bizarre. And I can't imagine that Megan is pleased with that. No. And the official statement from the palace to Vanity Fair was the communication staff for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will work as part of the Buckingham Palace communications team and report to the Queen's communications secretary. So they are making it like super clear that this is all like running through the Queen. I also love the idea that the Queen even would like care what goes on the Instagram or anything like that. But I guess the Queen's staff does. So... I was surprised by this. I was wondering, though, if do you think that's possible that maybe down the road, Megan will figure out a way to convince them to let Megan and Harry have their own account? Because there is some precedent. Prince Andrew, Harry's uncle, has his own Instagram and Twitter feed. So there is and, and that would be like a similar analogous sort of situation. So you could see maybe down the road they'll break off. So the biggest repercussions, the biggest changes, I guess, with the split are just that Harry and Meghan are operating independently of Kate and William, but still under the Queen's... Yes, I know. It's weird. Jurisdiction. That's bizarre. Also, I hope you appreciate that for me putting the section together. I really only focus (laughs) on the Instagram ramifications. (laughs) Like, there's, like, way bigger issues about the split than just what happens to the social media feeds. But that was obviously my biggest concern, because now I'm going to have to follow another account, the Royal family feed, I guess. Um, right. I, I think Josh and I were both kind of fantasizing, dreaming of a world in which Megan and Harry could have a slightly more fun social media account. Completely. And I felt like that was going to be happening sort of via the split. So what you just said is sort of also my other reaction, which is that like, it doesn't seem like necessarily they're going to have that much autonomy now either, per se. And the Times of London issued this incredible report, which involves the gardens. Don't worry, we're getting to the gardens. (laughs) But according to this report, Harry and Meghan wanted to set up their own philanthropy brand that didn't really have any sort of oversight. Um, But the Queen and Prince Charles were like, no way. And the, the direct quote from the source is, they wanted their household to be entirely independent of Buckingham Palace, but were told, no, they can't just go off and do their own thing. So instead, they're going to be under the, quote, queen's watchful eye. This is kind of like a slap on the wrist, I feel like, you know? More than a slap on the wrist. I feel like they went to such huge efforts to separate themselves, to silo themselves off. It's almost like they organized some sort of prison break. <laughs> yes. Went to these extravagant lengths to organize a prison break. They finally get out only to realize that they're still in, like, I don't know. Uh, on the prison's grounds. Yeah, no, it's like, it's so true. It's like when you get in a video game and you break to a new... I I can't believe I'm trying to do a video game analogy. That was destined to fail. But like, you get to a new level of the game and then you find out there's a new level to get through. It's like, it doesn't seem like... And if anything, this seems almost like a lateral move. Like, it's like, it's like you don't have... Like, I, I almost wonder if now they're, wouldn't they have wished they just could stay with William and Kate? Exactly, exactly. If anything, this is this is just a huge letdown, and I can't imagine that Megan's happy about this. No. I, and I, want, I really want to know what happened behind the scenes here, because I feel like we've known about the split for a while, so I, I would gather that they've been talking about it for a long time, and I wonder if there was some sort of, like, last-minute veto that was, like, leveled down by the Queen... Because it just it right. feels it feels very like not what, how this would have want, Harry and Meghan would have wanted this to play out. And I'm so curious also whether the Queen might have given them more freedom had you know was there one event or a certain choices made by Meghan and Harry that 
where she kind of said like, no, I still need control. I still over want this. a little like, bit of control over this. But yeah, I right. think it's possible. I think was it the baby shower? I, I knew that's what was going through your head right there, but you were just like holding back saying it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the baby shower or like the, kind of just the general sense of like Harry and Meghan's celebrity had anything to do with it. Um, I, cause I could, I was wondering if somehow there was like also a sense of it's confusing because William and Kate are the ones that are next in line behind Charles, but like Harry and Meghan have become the like global, like, you know, best friends of the Cloonies, like the New York baby shower, like on everyone's tongue kind of couple. So like, I do wonder if there's anything like in that as well, that somehow there's still a sense of like, if they become so famous, but they're not the ones that are going to be next in line, that's somehow like problematic for the palace. Did the queen essentially just like penalty box Megan and Harry? It's like, oh, like, let's like, exactly like a little bit of a handicap. Like, you know, we know right. you guys are going to, no matter what, have this global fame. Um, right. You're going to have to get up a little earlier in the day or something. To... <laughs> I guess we don't know how loose the oversight maybe like the Buckingham Palace will barely well it doesn't seem that way I feel like they're going to be the watchful eye will be watchful there's no way Megan can do what she wants as long as the queen is a part of that Instagram yeah. feed <laughs> I also wait so like are you going to follow the I guess we're going to have to follow I I never followed the royal family account because like well I, it, exactly this seems like more of a chore than anything <laughs> the way you just phrased it I guess we're going to have to this isn't fun no Okay, so the gardens is somehow sort of related to this. It's a little different, but... Uh, Wait, should we mention, didn't they hire, like, Hillary's, like, an ex-communications oh, officer? Yeah. No. No, that's a good call. So um, as part of this kind of... So they're going to be hiring their own team to do communications. I hate to say it, but if there was ever a need for Kris Jenner's, like, dark sorcery magic... <laughs> this would be... This would be the one. I feel like Chris Jenner could figure out how to get them out of there. So their new, uh, the person who's heading their communications staff, her name is Sarah Latham. She joins from Freud's, Freud's, I think, uh, where she oversaw global corporate accounts with a particular emphasis on executive thought leadership. Okay. She was a former senior advisor, <laughs> most interestingly, on Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. And she worked in the White House for Bill Clinton in the late 90s, Julie. Uh, wow. So she is a Clinton veteran. She also um, worked as a special advisor to UK labor politician Tessa Jowell in 2005 and as a transition official for then-president-elect Barack Obama in 2008. So she has a lot of politics political experience do you think that makes is that a good fit for what she's going to be doing with harry and megan it seems like I, you almost want like a hybrid to me of like celebrity and politician kind of communication strategy here she seems very serious this to me is even right more serious than any sort of like angelina jolie publicist if she had to work with the clintons in the 90s and sort of squash those sort of scandals mm, good call like, good call they're arming themselves with some some heavily equipped, experienced people here. And I feel like Megan liked that the, she has um, joint citizenship in the U.S. and the U.K. So oh she my has, gosh. So she has a U.S. tie. She has an American sort of background. 
How involved do you think Harry is in any of these discussions? Is he aware of this? Yeah, like, do you think the res- the resumes, like, did, did they ever pass through Harry's desk? Um, somehow I feel like they did not. Okay, sorry. Let's get on to the battle royale. The anticipation is killing me. I can't believe I, I threw off, uh, threw that so, off. Well, it was, so this was part of the Times of London thing about the split. So the Cambridges and Sussex's difference of style was sort of like the crux here and how Harry and William were always going to diverge and sort of an example, an indicative example to show how they're so different came in this approach to the Chelsea Flower Show where Meghan and Harry, quote, are sponsoring an uh, ecology-minded African garden that's stealing the spotlight from a rustic English installation designed by sister-in-law Kate Middleton. So they have two separate entries into this Chelsea Flower Show, Kate's and Meghan and Harry's, and they could not be more different. And it's like the perfect encapsulation of these two kind of separate ideologies, I feel like, in gardens. I never knew gardens could be so metaphorical, but yet that's where we are. Right, Um, right. Perfectly said. So (laughs) thanks, Julie. You know what we'll do on, we never, have we done an Instagram story poll? I feel like we should do that for this. Yes, yes, we yeah. should. We, yeah, we did around the baby shower when Julie did Instagram story uh, for the baby shower. Perfect. Okay, we'll do a poll so that everyone else can weigh in. So here are the two garden options. Kate's, quote, back to nature garden features, get ready, picture this in your mind, a tree house, a waterfall, wild strawberries, a little bit of a curveball there, I believe. And a campfire where children can toast marshmallows. Uh, Julie, some delightful elements, very summer camp eat to me. The tree house and the campfire, the marshmallows. This almost sounds less garden, more campsite, I want to say. To give her the benefit of the doubt, though, I will. I don't know much about this garden competition, which, I'm, of course, <laughs> you know, shocks everyone listening, <laughs> listening right now. But if I had just read this entry without any other context, I would have thought, what a quaint gardening competition. Obviously, all of these entries are super cutesy, idyllic, warm. It seems lovely. But then once you throw in what Megan's is... <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I, I was reading this report and I had the exact same journey you just described. So because I, I read Kate, I'm like, oh, that sounds sweet. Like, you know, right. th- this sounds like a Downton Abbey plot point or something where like, yes. it's just like like the, the, the second one is so crazy compared to the first. So this is Megan and Harry's. The African Climate Change Garden presented by Cam, Cam Fed. I'm not sure. One of Megan and Harry's top charities boasts solar panels, an advanced irrigation system, and drought-resistant crops. Like this is like bringing um like a, a Peppa Pig against Breaking Bad or something. It's like it's like children's programming against like the grittiest Netflix drama. Like your like how analogies do you even, have never been better. How do you compare these two gardens? Like they're both great in their own way, but like the fact that these are going head to head is so funny. Right. And if I am Kate, I'm a little humiliated that they just want this route. I I would be a little angry that we didn't kind of compare notes before submitting our designs. One of my questions for you, which is, do you think they both, by the way, I've never, I don't think any prompt has had me write more all caps questions in a script. Um, 
Uh, do you think they knew about the other's garden plans, or is this like on a sitcom where at the end they both get revealed? I, I feel like clearly they both not. Had, clearly <laughs> not. They both had to have been revealed at the end, I guess. Unless, and this would be so diabolical if Megan knew what Kate's was. <laughs> and then was like, we're getting out the like drought resistant crops now. <laughs> right. But, but I feel. It's almost like they interpreted the assignment so differently. Yes. Like, like I feel like Kate was like, what's a fun thing that George and Charlotte could come visit and that would be very whimsical. Honestly, Kate seems maybe more fun. Like, I think if you're going to... Why did you even after- throw a maybe in there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if, if you or me was going to have to spend an afternoon in one, we'd each pick Kate's. Who wouldn't? Wild strawberry sounds great marshmallows or solar panels also i love that she threw marshmallows in i wonder if they're coming from her family's company her brother's company right oh my god julie that is some good detective sleuthing that's such a good call her brother's marshmallow company he keeps me around for some reason (laughs) and no bananas involved in megan's interestingly uh, she loves right. to work a banana into most of her projects, so it's I'm kind surprised. of surprising. Right, there's no banana crop. Um, yeah, you get food at Kate's, which you seemingly don't get at Megan's, I don't think, unless you get to taste the crops. <laughs> then, right. Uh, I'm also trying to figure out the size here, because Kate's has a waterfall, and like, and Megan's is giving you a full advanced irrigation system and panels. Like, I was like, this is a giant flower show. I'm expecting like a football field garden for each of them. I have no sense of scale, which is like kind of making this hard for me. I also just feel a little bad for Kate because it seems like she genuinely did this herself. It, <laughs> yes. it's, right. It's like sixth grade kids. You know, this Kate seems very authentic about what she is, what she's about. But Megan, it seems like she brought on some consultants, some adults to really... Right. It definitely seems like with Megan, this is more like an educational project where she brought in like a charitable squad and like wanted to make this like more of an effort to... I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So from the end of this report, the royal family has intervened to keep Kate's design from the glare of her in-law's glamour ordering the charity to keep Harry's photo out of the publicity materials for the event. So... Wait, I need you to translate this. What does this mean? I think it just means they were... You have to, I mean, the Times of London is saying this, so you have to take it with a grain of salt, I guess, but it seems like a pretty reputable source, um, that the royal family didn't want the two to go head-to-head and to, like, protect Kate... They're not putting any photos of Harry and Meghan's garden in the publicity materials. You're only oh, seeing Kate's. Got it. Right. So they basically like came out in defense of Kate's garden. I mean, right. But again, I think this speaks to the fact that the royal family has no control over the situation <laughs> that they're having to kind of... Figure they're this going out into after, the, yes. Yeah, they're going into the brochure to try to, like, fix this and post, kind so, of. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, ex- uh, <clears throat> also, I'm curious, Julie, William's name has sort of been left out of all of this. I thought that was interesting. Because they, they kept saying Harry and Meghan's garden and Kate's garden. Is William going to step in to defend Kate, or is he going to let the call go to voicemail? Like, why isn't <laughs> why isn't William in any way involved here? Like, right. isn't that kind of unusual? Well, I don't think William necessarily wants his fingerprints on maybe a garden where the kids are toasting marshmallows. But I, I love that Kate was doing this as her solo project. I come away with this with so much more sympathy for Kate. What do you yeah. th- what do you think her reaction was when she saw Megan's 
design here. Well, do you think... I was wondering the same thing. I don't think she was... She might not have been so displeased because honestly, we're reading it in the view of like, oh, this was Megan like uh, showing her up. But like, I actually kind of feel like Kate's garden is going to draw the crowds. Like, I think that... I, I don't think Kate has to worry so much. So I don't know if Kate cared so much about like the competition element as much as she did that like it was such a different interpretation and that it was going to be like all of a sudden about like the feud between them. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. And that's maybe why the brochure got changed. Right. I, I like to picture that Kate was completely livid. Like you just heard a loud shriek from Kensington, wherever their house is. And she just like throwing marshmallows out the window, <laughs> like, like, like squashing them in her hand. Also these, I'm curious, like why, where, how are the wild strawberries presented? I want to see this garden. Like I'm very excited, honestly. Right. I really hope that one of you guys in London around Goes. can yes. make, please, because we need on the ground insights. I want to hear how people are responding to each garden. Are they going to be paired, like positioned right next to each other? I have a million questions. Yes, I agree. How would you, wait, I love this question. Josh, how would you design your dream garden? <laughs> Do you like that one? I like, I feel like that that's one. very like the, the, like it's like getting into therapy, like a therapeutic. Right. Um, I uh, something very low key, maybe a hammock, a hammock, maybe a fountain of um d- like diet Dr Pepper, um a nice like uh, sort of like maybe like a very low um like a what's that like a beautiful tune i'm trying to imagine like some sort of like nice audio experience and oh, then an audio uh, element i love that yeah i'm thinking like full audio visual and then a projection a projection uh so you can watch like movies in the garden so like you um it's almost like a entertainment center garden oh i love that what an experience what would you say I would say I would love some really colorful gardens. Uh, some really, really color, just overflowing with color, vibrance. Just lots of colors. I would love a big tree, a big shade tree. I would love some nice. sort of ice cream vendor coming through. There we go. There we go. Get the food in. Uh, yes, offering some snacks. Uh, also, we can really see how much I love nature. That my first thought was like music and TV, like which has nothing to do with nature or gardens. Like I definitely flunked the assignment. Right. I would love some fragrance. I would love... Yeah, that. yes. A scent experience would be a really scent, nice. Right. Josh yes. and I are going to put together our own design and try to enter this competition late. But shall we, shall we move on to the baby shower? Yes. So I think there was a lot of speculation, at least between me and Josh, about whether Megan would dare to have a second baby shower after the PR spectacle that was her first in New York with Amal Clooney, with Gail King, who I still don't know if Megan had met Gail before that baby shower. But it turns out, at least according to sources who spoke to both Harper's Bazaar and the Daily Mail, Meg is going, she's going for the gold. She's going to have a second, second soiree. This time in London, it will be according to these sources, attended by just a handful of Megan's closest friends. And I love that the only name cited here is Victoria Beckham, 
Which it's I, so odd. It's I, so I, odd. It, it really throws me off. Like, I get that Victoria was at their wedding, but I've never seen them really hanging out aside apart from that. Also, it's weird to me that Kate, Kate's name wasn't mentioned. Well, also, I felt like the whole sort of narrative was that the second baby shower was going to be this really intimate, like sort of like close friends, family, relatives. And then Victoria Beckham is like, like what? it seems like Victoria Beckham should have gone to the Serena Williams one. Right. So, Josh, have you heard five or six people, Megan's closest friends? We know Doria is going to be there. Who else would you have rounded out that group with? See, this is like throwing me off a little because I thought that the one in New York was the one that was like the close friends and that this was more like for formality's sake. So I was expecting this one was going to be Camilla, Kate, Doria, maybe like one or two of those, like maybe like if she's made a few low key London friends, like um the one who introduced her and Harry who worked at Ralph Lauren or like right. that kind of person. And then I guess that was it sort of. I didn't really think it was going to be, or maybe some of her like college or high school friends, maybe. Right. But but I, I'm very confused now that Victoria Beckham's part of it, because then that seems like a whole different thing. Right. And also, if the palace is trying to send out this message that Megan is doing something totally cozy and low-key and family-oriented, to throw Victoria Beckham as the one name, like, it just doesn't, doesn't equate. I know. I, I wonder if, like, someone else leaked this. I know. It's very bizarre. But allegedly, Megan wanted to host the event at Frogmore Cottage at Windsor, where she and Harry will be moving. But they're still undergoing renovations, meaning the party could be moved to Buckingham Palace. Which, that just seems like a scene made for, again, another Lifetime movie. (laughs) I would also be terrified to, like, open a bottle of champagne for Mimosa at Buckingham Palace. Like, I just feel like that is not going to be a free-flowing, fun shower. Right. And, you know, baby showers are very much an American custom, so I'm a little bit surprised that the Queen would even allow that to happen. Do you think the Queen goes to the shower? I guess definitely not. Definitely not, I would (laughs) say. No, I know. I thought I answered that in my head as soon as I asked it. Right. I don't even know if she would send a gift. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the concept of showers doesn't quite connect for her, I would guess. Right. But we'll be very eager to see um, who shows up. Also, just how many details we will find out about. Yeah. Like, like, will this be similar to the New York one or not? Right. I guess the on the plus side of having it at Buckingham Palace, if I'm the queen, is that the queen can kind of control that situation. I, like, we're not going to see Erin Hill dragging her harp <laughs> up to the... Though God knows we wish she would. Okay, God knows. God knows we wish she would. I feel like Erin sent her, like, quote over to, like, the queen's team, just, like, as a FYI in case. By the way, did I tell you guys that we reached out to Erin Hill? And Erin Hill kindly responded and said she wished she could come on the podcast, but she had to sign a lot of paperwork preventing her from discussing. But we love her. If you need any harp players at your next event. What a class act. (laughs) Um, So very curious when the shower will take place. We don't know uh, the timing. But if anyone has any tips, if anyone has been, um, I guess, contacted about bringing a cotton candy machine or any other. Yeah, let us know. I know. I I feel like this one's going to be, my guess is, way more under wraps. Right. I feel like it's going to be, we're going to find out after the fact it already happened. And it's going to be like in the telegraph or something. Do you know what I mean? 
Oh, classy. Classy like, outlet. Or will they release a photo for this one? Like to make it more like the official shower? No, they wouldn't. I don't think they would do that. Oh, I like that idea, though. I like they didn't that. put anything on any of the accounts, obviously, when she came to New York. That was, like, much more in her terms. Right. They wanted to distance themselves as much as possible. Um, let's move on to this blanket item. <laughs> Love a blanket item. I didn't realize this, that Kate, obviously, I knew Kate married into the royal family in 2011, but she had not had an official appearance with just Queen Elizabeth until this Tuesday. I really confused me. Right? Isn't that, we- isn't that weird? In eight years, they've never done an appearance, just the two of them? Especially a sa- insane, because as Josh noted, Meghan Markle had a series of appearances together with the Queen shortly after her and Harry's wedding, one of which involved her and the Queen riding together on the royal train, which, as Josh also noted, William, Kate, and Harry hadn't even been invited on the royal train at that point, so... Right. Interesting. But anyway, so on Tuesday, Kate and the Queen visited King's College's Strand campus, located in a former BBC building. The Sovereign wore a striking light pink coat, paired, as is her way, with a hat in the matching color, while Kate opted for a gray Catherine Walker coat dress and black beret. In one of the photos of the two in the backseat of the vehicle, the Queen and Kate, both waving at well-wishers through the window, a large blue blanket is visible, draped over both of their laps. Parenthetical, if the driver were smart, he would auction off the blanket. He probably could get a pretty good price considering the royal memorabilia fanatics out there, ourselves obviously included. According to People, the pair took a spin around the facilities at the university and then headed up to the eighth floor to check out the panoramic views across the city from a terrace. In addition, they viewed a robotics demonstration and met students on a virtual trading floor. We're going to get into their conversations with these students in just a second, but let's discuss this blanket. If anyone saw these pictures, it was, it kind of did take me back. It's a very, Vibrant blue blanket. I did a full zoom in, and it looked to be some sort of fleece material. So do you think this is a blanket that the queen has just in her car at all times if she gets cold, like you're just ready to go? I don't think so. This is my reasoning why. Because the color in the material does not seem queen-like. I would think it would be a classier Mm. wool or something. And it, it was a very electric blue color. I guess the queen is partial to electric colors that can be seen from, uh, I guess, far away distances, but it didn't to me seem like it came from the queen's closet. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I agree. It sort of felt to me like maybe something the driver had in the trunk. Maybe the queen mentioned she was cold. Oh, they, yes. The yes. driver said he had it. And then Kate, I don't, the, the thing I'm not quite sure I've linked is then how Kate got involved. If Kate was just like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm chilly as well. Like, hand some of that over here, grandma, you know. Or if it was like, because I've just, conf- the sharing of the blanket is what's kind of curious to me. Right. In my head, the queen, all of the older people I know get very cold very soon. Like, my mm. grandmother's house is mm. essentially a sauna. So maybe the queen offered Kate, and I picture in my head, Kate was not at all cold, but she was so touched that the queen yeah, wanted yeah. to include her in this, this blanket moment that she, she hastily agreed. I could totally see that, actually, now that you've said that. 
So I guess that solves the blanket, at least. Let us know if you have any different theories. We're going to call that case closed. We just, we're, we're too good at solving crimes. Crimes, not a crime. Solving mysteries. So the duo also kind of spun around the entrepreneurial departments, meeting some students. Kate met a medical student, Kasim Manier, age 22, who set up an app called Shortly for people who want to read short stories on the go, allowing people to choose a story that suits how much time they have to read. I have a few questions about this concept, including, is this not just like a player for audiobooks? <laughs> well, you know what, this came from the Daily Mail, so let's give Kwasim <laughs> a little more credit here. I'm sure this is uh, yeah. a, a different concept. Kate uh, reportedly told him, oh, that would be fantastic for the kitties when it's bedtime particularly for tired parents who want the children to go to sleep. That is such a, like, automaton response. I know, right? And is kitties something that British mothers say often? Have you heard people use the the phrase kitties? I feel like she loves that kind of, like, verbiage, though. Like, anything that's sort of old-fashioned, kitties, mummy, like that kind of thing. Kasim from London said she mentioned that she thinks it would be good for her children before they go to sleep to enable to set the time of the book. So maybe that means like Kate could pick like a 10 minute story. Oh, I see. That's nice. Uh, Mr. Manier hadn't even considered the idea of extending this app to kids. And now he's going to consider adding stories for children to the app. If I am this guy, I am, like, changing my entire business proposal. I am throwing a photo of myself with Kate engaged in that very conversation on the front page, and I'm name-checking her. I'm, like, offering to give proceeds to the charity of her choice. I feel like you should, like, 100% now make this, like, the Duchess approved. Yes, yes. S- the pull short story quote. app. Yeah, 100%. Yes, he needs to throw that pull Kate quote. should also get, like, a cut. If she's really, like, changing the direction of this company. I know. I guess she had a conversation with a few other people telling them that she was really especially interested in their work because she comes from an entrepreneurial family Mm. and background. Did you see her shaking the robot arm? Is that what that was? I couldn't figure out. She like, she like, she like had to like uh, the stuff the royals have to do. I don't pity some of the stuff they have to deal with. I mean, I do pity some of the stuff they have to deal with because it's like she had to like f- shake this weird robot's arm and like it was just very weird. And just talk to all these people and maintain this mask of a face that you know projected. I'm so I've never been more interested in anything than what you're telling me right now. I could not do that. No. And Kate was like so. Kate, Kate was like smiling the whole time. She was shaking the weird robot arm, and then she was like, like so strange or something like that. It was so um, strange. But that does it for that visit. I'm very curious to hear all of your takes on. Yeah. Um, wait, and then and lastly, we need to read the Oscars tip, right? The Oscars tip. This person who reached out to us didn't give us much information on his or her source, but it's it's fascinating. So we wanted to share. The person messaged us saying, heard a rumor that Meghan Markle was trying to attend the Oscars. Serena Williams was presenting an award and Meghan wanted to join her on stage. And this is what the $100,000 Dior caftan was meant for. Palace officials found out and threw together the Morocco trip to stop her from going. 
Obviously don't know how true that is, but I could totally see Megan wanting to attend the Oscars and be in the presence of the A-list actors after struggling to be in their league for so long during her acting career and be able to gloat about her newfound status on stage in front of the kind of people that were likely to have snubbed her before, kind of like when she went to the Fashion Awards to present an award to Claire Waite Keller. Clearly, Kate and William have gone, attended the BAFTAs, um, been photographed there, but that has a charitable component. Yeah, and I, this just really, this is one of those ones that, like, I just feel it. I feel like it's true. Right, because Serena Williams... Serena going, and it was right after the shower. So I could just have seen that, like, Megan would have gone with... She was already in New York, so they would have gone... Wait, do I have that timing right? Yeah. I think the timing of Megan being in America for the shower would have lined up perfectly. Serena, as we know, was presenting, I believe, A Star is Born. Yeah, oh my God. And A Duchess is Born, A Megan is Born... You know what? Because I know the Morocco trip happened during the Oscars. So it definitely was. The shower was before. Serena left the shower to go to L.A. to do The Star is Born. Megan could have so easily just hopped on the private jet with Serena out to L.A., done the presenting. Instead, she had to fly back to that weird three-day Morocco tour that was very last minute. So it just something does feel like... Because I remember thinking that was so fishy too because like the, the timing of that she had to go back from the shower to do this tour immediately while she was in her third trimester. It seemed right. like strange. That seemed like a lot of travel. It didn't and quite she, make sense to us at the time. But then the only thing I don't fully understand is you think the palace was just like a little bit like this would be too much if she was doing the Oscars. 100%. Why do they care? Yeah, they just would be like, it was like, it would be too over the top and not connected to royal causes. Right, a little Princess Diana-y and just it's it's kind of a publicity moment that isn't related to anything even charitable. Right. I'm very into this theory. and I'm curious, like, I'm curious where the source, our source got it from but i feel like it it feels like it's a good it feels like it it links together somehow with like the narratives i feel right and what i would give for any sort of backstage interaction between francis mcdormand and megan markle i can't even tell you i mean i can't even imagine the one thing i could think is that the uh, no the oscars would have loved it for the attention i feel of like it would course. have been but it would have over it would have been the, one of a bit the bigger stories of the night i feel like Absolutely. If she had come out with Serena to do Star is Born. Right. And like posed with Lady Gaga or something. Uh, oh my gosh, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, they would have fainted in that first row. They would have needed a paramedic on hand for Bradley's I mother. Still, I, I still think, I think we should hold out somehow that there's going to be something she did while she was in New York, like a, a Vogue cover or something. Like, I just feel like she had something else she was cooking up while she was here. Right, and I feel like Josh's uh, kind of gut suspicions are always very correct when Thank it comes you. to Megan. All right, well, I love ending with a good little theory. Uh that does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts and rate, review, all of that. We really appreciate it. And now you can reach out to us and leave us a voicemail at 347-790-0966. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, 
no, no bad, bad energy. energy.